For NFT newbies and OGs in Web3 alike, welcome to the Women in Web3 podcast sponsored by Weld Recruiting. I'm your host, Carly Long, and I'm super excited to help break down the barriers to entry in the space and introduce you to some leaders who are doing truly amazing things. So let's dive in. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Sarah Morich on the Women in Web3 podcast. Sarah, tell us a little bit about who you are. I'll let you do your own intro, kind of what you're up to in the Web3 space, and then we'll dive into how you got there and what what you're looking forward to in Web3 and all the good stuff. But give us the, sure. the quick 60-second bio. 60-second bio. Well, um, in my case, I would say... I got into Web3 about two two or three years ago um, by working for Bitpanda, one of the biggest European exchanges. Um, actually, maybe one of the, the biggest European exchange. Um, and my specialties is PR communications, uh, but I also dabble in uh, social and all things related to communications. So yeah, that's in short. That's awesome. And you've also worked with LimeWire, correct? Correct, exactly. So I started off with Bitpanda and uh, I was, well, basically poached by uh, LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be really good at what you do. <laughs> well, uh, go for it. Yeah, I would, I would like to consider myself uh, good at my job. So it's all, it's always a nice, you know, feeling when, um, when you get like recruiters and poachers in your in DMs. So yeah, it's a good feeling. It's an honor to be one of those recruiters and poachers. <laughs> I, lo- I love doing it because I basically just get to tell people all day, day like, hey, you look super awesome. Um, <laughs> would love to chat with you. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. But I'm curious, how has communications and PR and that work and that world kind of changed um since you started with web three companies, like, are you approaching different media outlets is, did you have to form entirely new connections with journalists? Um, what, what did that look like? Oh yeah, it was, it was such a huge change. You know, I was coming in from before this, I was working in the world of like art, cultural projects, um, uh, automotive industry as well. So it was, it was just so mind-blowing coming into Web3. First of all, there's so much new new terminology to learn, so much no more new tech and and very detailed um, amount of information that you have to like pick up very fast. Uh, so it was definitely a challenge, but I'm always up for a one. So I was like, why not? Um, and it's a pretty interesting industry to learn about, right? So it's very fast moving. It's very future oriented. Um, you have things going on on a daily basis, you know, um, and it was just a huge change, you know, and of course that includes, uh, the way I work too, right? So before I would say I had like a little, uh, database of my own and some contacts and so on. Uh, but this, this uh, moving into this sector included me having to reach out to completely new people. Cause of course you have in, in the web three world and the crypto world in general, you have people who write about in, in all sectors, right? You have, um, culture writers who write about it. You have finance writers who write about it. So it really uh, required like a huge, huge, amount of work getting into it uh, 
So to be completely honest, I think I was three months in uh, in the Web3 crypto world and I was still thinking to myself, God, I still have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I still think that sometimes (laughs) it's like a year and a half in or however long. I think it's because it's just, it's constantly evolving. So you think you know something and then, I mean, even the definition of, in nft or the metaverse like you can ask a handful of people right now and like they're oh, all yeah. going to be slight variations yeah of course of course it's it's such a new it's such a new area it's such a new tech that it's simply open to interpretation and also a lot of people use it very differently right so for instance at limewire um we we started up limewire with the intention of making nfts go mainstream right so before people were pretty much they were wondering right what is an nft of course they have the basic um kind of definition but that's also kind of elusive right it's kind of vague um so people uh, our idea was to really make it so simple and this is why uh, LimeWire, when it opened up, um, the, there was a huge possibilities for artists uh, to create NFTs from basically any kind of content they had, right? So it was a photo. It was, of course, some backstage, um, let's say, say videos and so on, uh, demos, uh, stuff like that, that people could really correlate to themselves already. Because in the music industry, like being a fan also means you're kind of a collector, right? Um, so people usually collect LPs, right? Nowadays, it's yeah. vinyls, mostly T-shirts, uh, concert ticket stubs and so on. But in the digital age, right, we don't longer have some of these stuff. And especially yeah, they with... kind of like made their way back. Yeah. Almost. But they were out. Of, I, I would say the the vinyls were out of style for, for yeah, a while. Yeah, now they're back for sure, but not for everybody, right? It's super expensive. Yeah. Um, you have to collect a bunch. And with the NFTs, uh, there's this like idea of them being like extremely expensive because what it is in media, what happens is um, most of the things that go up in the articles, right, in the headlines, uh, they're super red and clickbaity and catchy. Are you know, like Jack Dorsey selling his Twitter for I don't know how many million, like the first week. Yes. <laughs> or uh, the board apes that or the crypto punks. Yeah, are, but people forget that that's like one percent of the whole yeah. NFT space, right? You have so many creators who are still small, who are still struggling and so on, whose works you can own for like a fraction of that. For starting up from I don't know, on LineWire, we have songs you can buy from twenty-five dollars, right? Yeah. And it's a simply such an amazing way to support artists because uh, in full transparency and honestly, honesty, like I know some some of my artist friends, uh, when they get their Spotify check or whatever, I don't want to like trash talk anybody, but it's a small fraction, right? So NFTs yeah. really give them the opportunity um, to give their own t- kind of terms to sales, right? And to be able to like give fans back as well for them to own, actually own something of the artist, like something exclusive, something special. Yeah. So yeah, this is. Uh, but yeah, I've gone a bit maybe off the topic. I don't know no, what the original question was. I mean, we're approaching the holidays, and I'm just thinking like, how cool would it be nowadays with 
opportunities like LimeWire and the NFTs, you can actually buy someone a song. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, buying, say, your wedding song would probably be expensive because I'm, I'm guessing a lot of wedding songs are the more popular ones out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, like, say, it's like kind of a next level of making someone a mixtape, but instead it's like, hey, I bought you this song. Yeah. It is yours. What what would someone do once they have the song? Of course they can keep it. Um but what else what other opportunities or um air quoting uh utilities are are there out there for people? Oh, it also really depends. Uh we had online where we had like a really really cool collection dropping in um I think it was uh, August with H. Um, he's a really like platinum selling British rapper, super young Gen Z, you know, uh, rising star. And he had a super cool collection. There was like a mystery box and uh, the fans would buy the mystery box for, it was like a symbolic amount of money. I think it was like 20 ish, maybe even less uh, dollars. And there was a bunch of utilities. So there was, uh, first of all, like VIP tickets to, uh like a lifetime vip tickets to any like h solo show which is for like any fan now really crazy because he's gonna be rising right so that's gonna be worth a bunch and it's gonna be able to be resold right on the marketplace so these kind of like utility this kind of uh incentive can be transferred to another person in the future for maybe like a whole bunch of more money right yeah. So one one of the perks was also shopping trip with H himself, right? Ooh, um, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much uh, opportunity uh, yeah. with NFTs, right? There's so much opportunity and there's so much artists can put like utilities, right? It's not just, there's this idea of NFTs being like, p- pictures of cats, monkeys and so on. But people forget like, uh, okay, yeah, it's visually this maybe in in the case of board apes, but they also created a whole world behind it, right? Like some exclusive clubs, extra perks, and so on. And this can also be translated to smaller artists, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say you're a young upcoming visual artist, and you're visiting maybe somewhere. Let let a utility be meet and greet, right? Yeah. Introduce somebody. Like maybe you can. Uh, do a custom, oh, like a custom, uh, customized uh, visual or an art for somebody, for a fan, right? Yeah. There's so many things that artists can do with NFTs. And I think like we're, we're just at the start, right? Of course, nowadays, you know, the market is rough, um, you know how it is. Uh, but I truly believe, right, this kind of sense of ownership that people always kind of really like went for. And this is why everybody's been collecting for ages, you know, since baseball cards. I think that's going to be the the really the power that uh, carries NFTs further on, even throughout this whole uh, market being in the in the downfall and whatever. I think in the end, like this kind of idea and the value behind it is what's going to really like keep it afloat, like not the hype, not the huge uh, million dollar NFTs and so on, but like really the small community that's around it and people who want to support it. So, yeah. 
You had mentioned that before Bitpanda, you were doing PR and communications for art in different industries. Yeah. Is, and you seem really passionate about like the, the, I guess just ways that NFTs and Web3 can enhance the experience for artists, musicians, um, and like, is that kind of what got you excited to dive into this crazy unknown world of Web3? Um, or, or tell me a little bit about that, if it was something different that made you be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go this route. It's different, <laughs> but I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a try. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, when I was approached by LimeWire, you know, uh, their whole thing was in the beginning music, which is something I'm like super um, excited about and definitely like to work within. Me personally, I've been working for a music festival here in my uh, in my base, Croatia, uh, for a long time now. And I keep like helping out and volunteering on like special music projects and so on. So it was definitely something that like piqued my interest, right? So, and especially when it comes to the possibilities, the opportunities, um, I simply couldn't say no, right? Um, so yeah, I just dived in and yeah, I think it's going to be a lifetime <laughs> adventure for sure. I- I think that's a perfect description. Uh, <laughs> Web3 and the people who are in it, it is an adventure. I feel like yeah. every day. Um, I wanted to back up too, to something mm-hmm. else that you said about first getting into the space. You didn't have a lot of connections in PR. Um, yeah. I've worked in PR before I got into the recruiting space, so I'm familiar. But like your, your connections are everything. Yeah. And I feel like... In this field, we're kind of trained on the rejection. You know, you might not hear from a journalist or an editor, but it's like, okay, I'm going to like share this story somewhere else. And you just keep trying. Um, And you're taught how to like write pitches, which are essentially like cold emails or cold calls and like ways to network with people that you haven't met before. Yeah. So I'm curious if you have any tips on that networking, that forming new connections. Um, And as it applies to this space too, because for people Mm -hmm. who, whether they're in PR or they're just like looking to learn about this space, that's kind of how I learned was I applied those, those, teachings to just reach yeah. out to people of course. And, and, and hear you know their stories of course look so I think like my tip in general would be um read first like find the relevant outlets that you would position your um the brand you're working for and start reading them every day like get to learn who's writing about what right so this way Also, when you're pitching to somebody, of course, I follow everybody on Twitter. I'm not much of a poster, but I'm such a lurker. So whenever, (laughs) like, you know, I'm on Twitter and I just see somebody is writing, I don't know. You know, a lot of journalists will actually write on their Twitter. Like, they're looking for somebody from this, this, or this brand or, like, industry or this and that kind of person to talk to, right? So you can actually, like, reach out directly to them. I, me personally, I've pitched through DMs, you know, it doesn't have to be like, especially this is the thing with, uh, web three and crypto. It's not as, uh, uptight as like the typical traditional. And I've, and I worked in agencies, you know, it's like very 
like posh kind of uptight communication but in the crypto world it is so much different and i love it because you can just like pitch somebody in dms right and as you said like be prepared for rejection be prepared for um some people will be rude and that's completely fine they're overwhelmed they get like hundreds of pitches a day so just like be patient and understand it um and just keep working you know like decide what you want to do do you want to do an exclusive do you want to like pitch everybody on the day off right so decide on a strategy and keep it but also like read that's the most important thing because this is like where you're gonna learn what journalist writes about what because you're not gonna go pitch um i don't know a music story to somebody that's focusing on movies right or you will but you'll ask them like you're gonna tell them like hey i know you mostly write about movies but do you have a colleague that this would be an interesting topic for you, right? So just be yeah. open and tra- transparent. And I think that's the most important thing. Of course, sometimes you make mistakes. I think like my worst mistake was I was so tired working endlessly. And I sent the I sent like a, something that was supposed to send to one person to another person. And yeah, they a- I've made that mistake. And the journalist <laughs> answered. And the journalist answered to me like, uh, you're such a bad PR person. Like, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like, and I'm like, my, my life is now over, but you reflect <laughs> back. Like I sent an apology email. Like, I'm sorry, this yeah. really wasn't intended to go to you. Yeah. Um, but like, be okay with failures. It's such a fast moving job. You'll, you'll be doing so much every day, especially like on pitching days on announcement days and so on. Like give yourself a little benefits of the doubt, tap yourself on the, on the back. And like just keep going and own up to mistakes as well you know that's really important uh but yeah basically a good preparation and really knowing the people that you're pitching to will definitely uh like take you long long ways right so it will take you much further than just like blindly pitching like a 200 contact list right you so, have yeah. some great nuggets in there. And I, I want to just call out for people who might be listening and they're like, well, I don't do PR. Well, I think what you said is so important, whether you're in sales or business development or you're just yes. looking for a job or you're looking to hire or whatever connection you might be looking to make your point about doing research, getting to know like who it is you're reaching out to before you actually reach out and network um, in whatever capacity that looks like is, is so important. Oh, for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Per your last point, that's what will get a better response and a a better, um, you know, whether it's a, a business deal or, you know, you might actually get the interview at the company if if you reach out to the right people, but it takes time to figure out who are the right people. Yeah, yeah, but it's worthwhile, you know, this kind of research might take you like 15, 20 minutes, maybe an hour, but it's worth it, you know, like um, I've been able with Bitpanda, you know, in the first month I started, we've managed to go into the independent CNBC and these kind of, these kind of outlets just because of that human personal touch and actually like caring and reading what the journalist writes. Right. So it really makes a difference. It really makes a difference. So, yeah. Sarah, I have loved chatting with you. I feel like we're going to need to do another one of these very soon. Sure. <laughs> Just keep tabs on all you're doing. 
but before we hop off, is there anything that you want to add or upcoming things that you're looking forward to or that you're working on you want to share a little bit about? Well, honestly, currently I'm super loving I'm currently in the break uh, with uh, with work, and that's also completely okay. And we should definitely be able to step back a little bit. So what I'm looking forward to is now going to Portugal uh, for the uh, winter holidays and absolutely enjoying myself. Uh, but also, when it comes to the Web3 space, right, I'm also looking forward to what, you know what I'm looking forward to? Seeing what brands will do for Black Friday because it's such an inconvenient, mm. unconventional um, uh, way to market Web3 and NFTs. So I'm yeah. just like wondering what's going to be happening in the space for Black Friday. Are we going to see some exciting, um, you know, offers from big players and so on? I think that will be interesting for me to, to check out. So, yeah. That is extremely interesting i'm now also yeah. going to pay attention thank yeah, you so cool. much my <laughs> entire uh thanksgiving holiday here will be spent scouring twitter like who's got an NFT, nft deal um but for people who want to follow either your amazing trip to portugal or your work when you dive back in with limewire whatever it may be where should they follow you and we will drop these links in the show notes yeah definitely linkedin um i would say twitter but honestly i'm such a lurker there not not much not much of a poster so definitely linkedin and whoever's listening and needs like has any questions around pr feel free to DM me, feel free to reach out, honestly. So yeah, we're here to help each other. Perfect. Sarah, thank you so much. It was awesome getting to chat. Likewise. Thank you all so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's guest and podcast, be sure to write, subscribe, comment, all the things, and definitely get in touch. I love to connect with y'all. I love to hear what you're working on, any feedback or comments. If you want to meet a guest, if you want to be a guest, just reach out. You can find me, your host, Carly Long, at by Carly Long on all social media platforms. You can subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which is also Women in Web 3, and you can follow along at Weld Recruiting. Be sure to let us know however we can support you, and we look forward to our next episode.